The Holy Gospel according to St. John. Glory Glory to you, O Lord. Pilate entered the headquarters again, summoned Jesus, and asked him, Are you the king of the Jews? Jesus answered, Do you ask this on your own, or did others tell you about me? Pilate replied, I am not a Jew, am I? Your own nation and the chief priests have handed you over to me. What have you done? Jesus answered, My kingdom is not from this world. If my kingdom were from this world, my followers would be fighting to keep me from being handed over to the Jews. But as it is, my kingdom is not from here. Pilate asked him, So you are a king? Jesus answered, You say that I am a king. For this I was born, and for this I came into the world, to testify to the truth. Everyone who belongs to the truth listens to my voice. The Gospel of our Lord. Praise Praise to you, O Christ. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. It's Christ the King Sunday. Well, at least that's how we're celebrating it here. There are those in the church that are uncomfortable with the title for this Sunday. The idea of kingship and kings uh, unnerves them a bit. It doesn't seem quite right uh, to speak of kings and kingdoms. And on some level, I can see why. The kingdoms of this world are forged in blood. That's the way it has always been. For every kingdom, every empire, read any history book and you will find this truth to be confirmed. Whether it's an ancient empire like Rome that started as a small tribe of Etruscans and gradually took over the peninsula we now call Italy to extend up into uh, most of southern Europe and England to northern Africa and the Middle East. This vast Roman Empire was established, forged through battle, through the conquest of enemies, of other tribes that themselves had set up kingdoms through bloodshed and warfare. We're, of course, most familiar with the kingdom uh, of Great Britain or England. And uh, there may even be some royal watchers here among us today. uh, Whenever there is a royal wedding or some uh, to-do among the House of Windsor, you tune in and check it out. Uh, and, uh, and, and we can look at the, the queen who has had this long reign and uh, she seems so prim and proper and yet the crowns that adorn her head and the jewels that she wears were all won through conquest. The history of The kingdom of England or of Great Britain is as bloody as any other history of any other kingdom. I'm a fan of Scottish history uh, and uh, enjoyed watching 
the movie Braveheart and learning of uh, the Scottish fight for independence from the British crown. And then for a time, the crowns were joined together before they split again. And once again, the Scottish tried to break free through battle and other means of the lordship of England over them. Of course, we are not unfamiliar with this. Our own democratic republic, while having no king, itself was forged through bloodshed. If we had simply written the Declaration of Independence and left it at that, we would still be lifting up toasts to the queen or the king, as the case may be. It took a bloody revolution to win our independence, to establish this nation. It takes those willing to stand on the front lines today, risking their own life and limb to defend the liberties we enjoy. Even our flag, a symbol of this nation and of our liberty, is adorned with red for that very reason, the blood of those that shed their lives that we might enjoy our freedom. Jesus acknowledges that every kingdom of this earth or government or authority is established through the shedding of blood when he says to Pilate in our gospel lesson today that if his kingdom were from this world, his followers would be fighting to keep him from being handed over. Indeed, Jesus' disciples did misunderstand the nature of Jesus' kingdom and his kingship. For just hours earlier in the garden, when, he had been, when they had come to arrest Jesus, Peter drew a sword and cut off the ear of the slave of the high priest to keep Jesus from being arrested. There was shedding of blood to prevent Jesus from being taken, but Jesus said, enough, stop that. Put the sword away, Peter. This is not the way of my kingdom. And then Jesus proceeded to take the ear and put it back to Malchus's head and heal him. That is the way of Jesus' kingdom. Jesus' kingdom is not of this world. It's not from this world. His authority does not derive from being the most powerful, the top dog among many contenders. His kingship was not won through revolution, nor his crown through warfare. His kingdom is a kingdom of peace, of love, of mercy. Nevertheless, even Jesus' kingdom was forged by the shedding of blood. He did not win his kingdom through clever diplomacy, nor purchase it with vast amounts of gold or silver. No, Jesus' kingdom was won through bloodshed like that of every other nation or kingdom. The difference being this. And it's an important difference. The bloodshed by which Jesus' kingdom was established 
was his own. Truly, his is a kingdom not from this world. His is not a model for earthly governance. No earthly kingdom would long survive if it put into policy that practice of of self-abasement, of of self-sacrifice, laying down our arms every time an enemy came. For the kingdoms of this world will fight with one another and rest with one another the kingship of other kingdoms to be the top dog. But Jesus' kingdom is different. It's of a different sort, one that we find unpalatable, so much so that when they were presented with their king, his own people rejected him in favor of the raw power of Rome. In just verses after this interview with Pilate, Pilate goes out to the crowd and says, Here is your king. And they cried out, away with him, away with him, crucify him. Pilate asked them, shall I crucify your king? And the chief priests answered, we have no king but the emperor. Would it have been any different had you been there? The old sinner in us is obsessed with self-preservation. We might not have called for his crucifixion, but we fool ourselves if we think that we would have done any different than Peter or the other disciples when push came to shove and the weapons of war were denied them by Jesus' own command. But even here we see that Jesus' kingdom is not from this world. In earthly kingdoms, a king gathers around him the strong, the wise, the faithful. And those who are weak, unwise, who deny and abandon their king in his hour of need, well, there is no room in the kingdom for such as these. No earthly kingdom will accept them. But Jesus, our King Jesus, made sinners to be his kingdom. And this he accomplished not by evading death, but by embracing the cross, disregarding its shame. By his death for sinners, while we were still sinners, Jesus proved his love for us. By the shedding of his blood, he won for us the forgiveness of our sins. God made you a citizen of Jesus' kingdom by his word when he buried you with Christ in a baptism like his. And raised you to new life in him. Today, Jesus sustains you for life in faith in his kingdom by feeding you with this very body and blood by which his kingdom was forged. It is now this blood which sustains you to live a life of faith, acknowledging him as Lord of all. 
In his small catechism, Martin Luther reminds us that Jesus has done all this in order that you might belong to him, to live under him in his kingdom, to serve him in eternal righteousness, innocence, and blessedness, just as he is risen from the dead and lives and rules eternally. You know, I spoke earlier about my uh, enjoyment of reading Scottish history. There was a period in time after the uh, joined thrones of Scotland and England uh, were uh, stripped from the Scottish line of succession and given to, of all people, the Germans. uh, And the uh, Scottish people did not like this. And in fact, they uh, continued to see the living uh, king, the Stuart king, as their king, even though he was forced to flee to France. And when they would gather together for parties and for social gatherings, uh, and there was the traditional toast to the king, they would join in, but they had a special way of doing it. See, it was the habit in those days to have little bowls of water out so that people could dip their fingers in them to cleanse their hands at the end of a meal before the toast. And, uh, and these little bowls of water would be sitting out there. And when the toast was made to the king, the Scottish who were loyal to their king now in France would take their glass of wine and they would pass it over the water before they would lift their glass. This was a reminder to each other that even though they were making a toast to the king, it was to the king over the water. A reminder of who their true king was. And in this way and through other rituals, they sustained each other and encouraged one another in this fight for independence. As they awaited the prince to come and to lead them into battle once more. Now, we don't have uh, a, a rebellion that we are engaged in here in our own country, but there are ways that we can take lessons from these Jacobites. What we can do is to find practices that we can put into place day by day week by week, year by year, to remember just who our king is. For it gets foggy, doesn't it? Who our king is, where our loyalty lies. We need the encouragement of our brothers and sisters, not just once a year on Christ the King Sunday, but every week we gather here to call Jesus Lord, to remember that he is the one whom we pledge our lives to. Each week we do this, and yet it is not here where we have the most difficulty remembering who is Lord. It's when we go out beyond these walls to our daily lives. How there we'll remember that Jesus is our true Lord and King. Christians have developed practices over the years, over the centuries, the millennia, to encourage one another and to keep this right remembrance of Jesus as Lord. 
An easy way is to pick up the Psalms. You heard the Psalm this morning proclaiming God as King. Read the Psalms. So many of them mention royalty, mention God as our King. It's hard to forget that God is your King when you're singing praises to God, your King. Read the Psalms. It's hard to forget that God is your king when you are authoring your own psalms to God through the form of prayer and reading his word, his messages from the king to you, to your heart, to encourage you. Until that day when again you come here gathered with brothers and sisters to receive from our king's hand these gifts of forgiveness, life, and salvation. Brothers and sisters, Jesus is our King today and always. Remember that as you go about your daily lives this week. And remember that this world, it may value you only for your usefulness, for your strength, for your wisdom or your loyalty. But our King, your King, Jesus, he values you and loves you simply because you are his. In the name of Jesus. Amen.